This is Puck Year, New Zealand's hockey podcast with hosts Logan Swinkles and Joe Jury, bringing you the best stories and interviews from down under. Hey guys, thanks for tuning into another edition of Puck Yeah. Now this week we're looking into the weird science of goalies because it's this one position in hockey that really fascinates me the most because, uh, you know, we hear all about how goalies are this different breed to other players. Like, you know, they've got their own little weird habits and their little quirks and everything. Well, this week's guest knows all about that. Uh, Adrian Volpe, goalie coach extraordinaire out of Burlington, Ontario. Now, of course, our listeners will most likely remember Adrian from his time playing as an import goalie for the Sky City Stampede, you know, as part of their amazing uh, championship run in the NCHL with three titles in three years. Um, He enjoyed two seasons with uh, the Stampede. These days, he's back with his old junior team, the Burlington Cougars, coaching the next generation of talent. And it looks like He's been pretty successful so far. Uh, I would encourage you to go check him out on Instagram at goaliecoachvolpe29. That's V-O-L-P-E. He posts a lot of great videos from his trainings and we'll make sure to tag him in a post as well when this podcast comes out so that it's just easy for you guys to find it. Uh, But before we do dive into all of that, I just want to say a very sincere thank you to everyone that donated towards our Give a Little page. Our little fundraiser closed earlier this week, so won't bug you any more about that. But uh, we were able to raise just over $2,000, which, I mean, is incredible. Like I'm blown away. You know, that essentially covers the costs of my return of flights from Sydney to Colorado and Mexico. So it is a massive help and the support means a lot to me. I hope I can do you all justice with the coverage that I'll be producing from the Ice Blacks training camp. And then, of course, onto the HHF tournament itself. That's all happening really soon. I'm flying out on Monday to join the team and I can't wait. You know, it's I mean, the only way to describe it really is it's going to be a trip of a lifetime for sure. And also next week uh, features a very special podcast for Puck Year. Joe and I, we tried something a little different and uh, we got the West Auckland Admirals captain, Justin Daigle, uh, into our Auckland studio. I called in from Australia and we filmed the whole thing. Now, you may have seen that we've been experimenting uh, more and more with video interviews recently. I've done a couple with the Ice Ferns. And so this is kind of like the next step. So look out for that next week. Uh, I'm really, really proud of, I guess, what we've done there. And I hope we can do more of it with more guests. Um, and I kind of, I, I want to do more. And like, I, I miss being in the same room with all these, for all these interviews. Like it kind of sucks being in Australia, trying to do a hockey podcast about New Zealand. But Hey, we're making it work. But anyway, that's enough waffling from me. Here is my interview with Adrian Volpe. Enjoy. First of all, Adrian, I think I probably uh, owe you an apology. (laughs) I think last year I wrote an article that mentioned uh, your brother Patrick playing for the Stampede and I mistakenly called you the backup goalie when actually you weren't. (laughs) You were were splitting starts with Aston uh, Brooks. So yeah, sorry about that. Um, that's okay all good all good (laughs) but uh anyway so obviously you're back home uh in burlington how's life over there um it's good yeah it's good it's uh i'm uh currently running a goalie school uh, i'm out of burlington out of one of the rinks here and uh 
Um, kind of came on to it uh, by accident. Uh, just started doing some stuff on the side when uh, when I got home, just to kind of stay in the game. And it kind of turned into something else, and and uh, been going uh, full out uh, ever since. So, like going into the goalie coach side of things, is that more something that you fell into rather than sort of an aspiration? Yeah, you know, I always thought I always, I always thought um, you know I'd want to do it at some point. Um, you know, I actually started doing uh, my real estate course when I got back home, and uh, and it, yeah, like I just kind of just kind of made the decision at some point where you know I gotta I gotta make a decision. Do I just keep doing this? And I was just getting so busy with it that um, you know I I had to put my time into something um, you know 100 percent if I really wanted to do it, and um, it's something I obviously really enjoy, and um, I'm pretty thankful that I can continue uh, you know having uh, being a part of the game, right? Being a part of the game. Yeah, totally. And then um, I think I saw you actually grew up playing for the Burlington Cougars uh, in your junior hockey career, which is where you are now as a member of the coaching staff. So what's it like returning there? Um, it's awesome. Um, I'm surrounded by, um, you know, a great group of uh, coaches. So I'm, I'm very thankful for that. Um, and, uh, you know, a good group of guys that we have uh, this year. Um the goalies we have this year are awesome. Um, I'm, I'm pretty happy uh, with them, and uh, no, it's been a, it's been a great experience. And and like you said, I, I have the privilege to you know be a coach of, on a team that I used to play for, so um, that's pretty cool too. And how how's the season gone so far for the Cougars? So we're actually in playoffs right now. We're going into Game Seven um, on Wednesday, so the deciding game. Uh, we had a big win uh, last game that we came out of, and. Uh, and uh, we had to win that game, and uh, so we're going into Game Seven, and it's uh, it's do or die. So this is what we this is oh, what yeah. we live for. Love a Game Seven. So yeah, all the best to the Cougars for that. Um, I'm actually I'm a really big fan of your Instagram stories where you show you doing your thing as a goalie coach, uh, and it seems like that keeps you pretty busy. So how many kids are you currently coaching? Um. Well, on, on the database, um, I think we have. Uh, I think that we have uh, well over a hundred. So um, we're we're pretty occupied. Um, we're in Southern Ontario, so I know you're familiar with Southern Ontario. It's a it's a pretty big mecca for hockey. Mm. Um, we have a mass amount of goalies here, so we do. There is there is the there there is it is out there. Um, so um, you know the opportunity is there um, to you know be a full time goalie coach and and. Uh, so yeah, it's 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 a full time gig, so it's it's good. Now I saw in those uh, Instagram stories, you know, you're not always on the big main rink. You've got a little mini rink as well, just for the goalies. Yeah, so it's too many. Uh, we, there's too many pads um, that I run them out of, and um, it's perfect for goalies working on uh, like the fundamentals, fine tuning technique. Um, and uh, it just gives us an opportunity to, to, to separate ourselves from everyone else. Um, as you guys probably know, being a goalie is, uh, is, is a lot different than, than uh, you know, being a forward or a defenseman. We need different things. We need to work on, um, you know, completely different aspects to our game. Um, and it just gives us the opportunity to, to separate ourselves and just kind of do our own thing. And, and uh, it's a really good setup. Yeah. Now, we recently had... Uh, Chris Eden on the podcast talking about you know strength and conditioning with the ice blacks and how different training you know with hockey you have to train for very specific uh, movements 
So as part of your goalie coaching, is that something you teach as well? Like the kind of things in the gym that um, kids should work on? Yeah, I encourage it um, for sure. Um, you know, I'm not an expert in that stuff. So I try to leave that to the experts um, for sure. But I definitely encourage it. Um, you know, goalies are mainly, you know, where we want to focus on explosiveness and, and, uh, and you know, agility and, and tracking, visual training, um, uh, mental training, um, anything along the lines of that. Um, we take pretty seriously. Um, so, um, it, it's, it's pretty important, um, as a goaltender to make sure that we're focusing on as we, as we get older and we develop, um, you know, just doing on ice stuff nowadays isn't enough. Um, so we want to make sure we implement that, um, as early as we can for our goaltenders. Now, because it is a full-time role for you, say, say I'm just one kid in your, in your group, how many trainings a week would I be doing? Um, it, it varies. Um, you know, most kids, uh, that are, I guess, if you want to call uh, elite goaltenders, uh, coming up through the ranks they're they're probably once a week, um, sometimes more. Um, but in the, tr- in, in the off season, that's where the real training happens, right? That's where a lot of the progression is done. Um, so that, that one, once a week or once every two weeks might turn into twice a week or three times a week, um, for these kids. So, um, you know, that's, it's, it's a pretty, it's a pretty rigorous, uh, um, you know, um, regiment, I guess. Uh, but, um, you know, this is, this, we're in Southern Ontario here and this is, if, if you want to be an elite goaltender, um, you know, that's what it's going to take. Yeah, totally. You got to put in the work and I know how, how cutthroat, uh, and intense, uh, junior hockey is over there in Southern Ontario. So is there a lot of, um, video involved as well? Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, any chance we, we get, we're, we're going over video, um, especially, uh, not just the goaltenders, but uh, the players obviously as well. Um, I know our coaching staff do, uh, regular video sessions with our players and, um, it's just, you know, technology nowadays, um, you know, any, any tools you have that you can, you can utilize towards your, to, towards, you know, bettering your game or developing your game, um, you know, take advantage of it. Um, there's so many programs out now that, um, that can just benefit that. And, um, it's, you know, it's a lot of people nowadays, they're a little bit hesitant with that kind of stuff. Um, but no, it's, I, I encourage it. I think it's great. Um, mm. and, uh, yeah. Visual learning, right? Visual learning. So, yeah. Um, no, let's say do these kids like when they come to you, do they say, Oh, Hey, I really like Carrie Price or Mark Andre Fleury. I want to be that kind of goaltender. Uh, yeah, every single one of them do. Yeah, so um, they do. Yeah, they do, and, and 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 I think that's great. I think any any time you get a chance to watch um, those goaltenders and try to mirror, um, you know, their game to yours, and just take bits and pieces of their game to try to make your game better, I, I, I think that's amazing. I think that's great, and I think all goaltenders and all players should do that. Um, in, in that sense, you know, Carey Price and Marc Andre Fleury, you know, they're they're you know they're two of the best in the world. So if they're doing something. You know, you, you should be, you should probably be trying to do that as well. So, um, definitely, definitely, definitely. Yeah. I guess I remember when I was a kid, uh, like 11 or 12, um, growing up in Tauranga in New Zealand, there's no ice and I really wanted to play hockey. Um, so, and I, I sucked with rollerblades. So my only real option at the time was field hockey. So I played goalie because I, I got to wear all the pads and I was like, well, that's the closest thing right now to me playing hockey. Um, and in that during that time, I mean, the goalies I looked up to were like 
you know, Marty Brodeur and Dominic Hoshik. And so I try to uh, replicate their styles to very degrees uh, in field hockey. So <laughs> um, obviously it's a totally different sport, but, you know, it can translate. So, yeah, it's really cool to see, obviously, kids really look up to, um, you know, these goalies and they, they try and, like, just emulate it and become those next goalies, right? Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's funny you say that. Um, you know, when I did show up in Queenstown, um, my first conversation with Aston Brooks um, was um, about, you know, goalie coaching and how he's never had a goalie coach. He's never had any training. And I was like, well, you know, you actually, you're actually, you're not far off. You're, you, you do a lot of good things. Yeah. And it was really interesting. And he said, well, yeah, I learned off, I learned off YouTube or I learned off Instagram. And I thought that was pretty cool because, um, you know, coming from a country um, where it's a growing sport and, and um, there's not much uh, goalie development, I guess, if you want to say there, um, I thought that was a pretty special thing that, that he told me. So, um, yeah, that's a cool that's a cool little thing for sure. I remember Aston telling me that, actually, that he's never had any training whatsoever. And I was just like, dude, I mean, technically, you're very sound. So it, that did surprise me as well. Um, yeah, no, for sure. No, yeah. So you're not just working with kids. Uh, I know during the New Zealand off season, I think it was last year. I believe you worked with Daniel Lee, the current uh, Sky City Stampede starting goalie. Yeah, yeah, no. So um, I had been touch. I've been in touch with Daniel. Um, it, it came about, and I think uh, Adam Blanchett put me in touch in, in, in touch with him and. What happened was uh, he ended up he ended up moving down. He moved in with me, and we trained for a couple months. And um, um, you know, can't say enough good things about the kid. Um, and we we really we really went at her, and and you know had had some good training sessions. And um, you know, he uh, he fully embraced it. And just hearing uh, you know you know not only you know how bad and how 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 much he wanted to get better. But, you know, just his story, just his story. And, you know, he, you know, to practice, he'd have to drive, you know, four or five hours just to get on the ice for, you know, 45 minutes. And, and, and here, you know, we, we take advantage of that. Like you, you just go down the street and we have ice. Right. So, um, you know, there, it, it was, it was a, it was a pretty special thing that, uh, a, a great opportunity for me to be able to work with him. And, and, uh, and I look at him as a, you know, not as a coach as me as his coach, but you know, as a friend now. So that was great. Yeah, I mean, uh, Daniel, he's had quite a rise in the last two years. Um, just sort of looking over his stats, 2017, you know, at a 7-5 record, 9-14 save percentage, uh, 3.70 goals against average, and um, one shutout. And then you go to last year, and he was just completely dominant, you know, 13-5 and record, 9-6 save percentage, 2.65 goals against, and three shutouts. Like that is a huge jump for a kid. Um, and obviously, mm. you know, they say goalies progress, they mature at a later age and he's still very young in his career. So, you know, how much of his success in that last season do you think you can uh, attribute to your coaching? Um, you know, I don't, I don't want to take, I don't really want to take, uh, I don't want to take any credit for that because, <laughs> um, you know, ultimately he made the decision to, um, you know, come and train and, and progress and get better. Um, you know, I implemented, um, things for him to work on. Um, and we did that together, but, um, you know, ultimately I got to give him the credit for that because he made the decision to, to, uh, to get better and, and put in the time. So I got to give that to him. I can't take any of that credit. 
<laughs> oh, you're a good Canadian kid, aren't you? <laughs> um, yeah, 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 yeah. Aside from two periods last season, uh, Daniel was in goal uh, all of last season. Do you think overplaying a goalie uh, is a factor in a league like the NCHL, or do you think with you know such a condensed season that they have, it makes it more of a non-issue? Um, it depends, you know, it depends if Matthew Swartz is your backup or not. So, um, anytime you get to see that guy get in the pipes, um, you should be motivated to make sure that he gets an opportunity to start. So, um, you know, yeah. So uh, that being said, uh, it, it depends on the goalie. Um, it's, it's almost an art how you handle your goalies. Um, Mm. you you know, you want to, you want to make sure that they're, you want to roll the hot hand, obviously, but you want to make sure you're 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 keeping up, uh, you're maintaining your goalie. You don't want to overplay him. So, um, I think uh, I think uh, it's that's on the coach uh, for sure to uh, to make that decision and and and, uh, and and just play it. But I a goalie, an elite goaltender should be able to play majority of the games in that league for sure. So, it just depends on the situation, I guess, right? Yeah, and now on the other scale of it with the NHL, um, do you think some of the goalies? Uh, some of the elite goalies in that league get overplayed too much and then burn out in the playoffs. Absolutely, absolutely. I think um, I think sometimes um, coaches do do that, um, and I think sometimes coaches don't have a choice. Right? They they got to just roll with their hot hand, and maybe by the time that they really need them, they could be tired. Um, so it just depends on the team and and the goaltenders you have uh, within your team. That's why that position is so important. You got to make sure you have two guys going um, and two guys that are more than capable of hopping and and uh, perform. Now I want to um, I want to cycle back to to your own playing career. Um, before you played with Burlington, uh, you played seven games in the OHL for the Niagara Ice Dogs when you were like 17, 18. You put up pretty good numbers too for you know a goalie that was new to that league. And I noticed uh, on that roster as well was one Alex Pet- uh, Alex Petrangelo, uh, which was pretty cool. But uh, what I, I was really curious, why did your uh, time with the Ice Dogs end there, and how did you respond from that? Um, yeah, so it was kind of a, it's kind of a situation you that's, you know, it's, it's, it's the business, business of hockey. Um, you know, it just didn't really work out there and then I decided to move on and, or, um, then they decided to go in a different direction. Um, so, um, you know, it's tough at the time, at those times as a goaltender to, um, to, you know, respond to those, um, in a positive manner. You know, that was a learning experience for me. Um, Mm -hmm. it was my, it was my first, I guess, real test of adversity, um, and, um, you know, I look back and it, it made me, it made me a better goaltender and it made me a better person, um, for sure. So, you know, you don't want to take advantage of those, of those moments and, um, you know, any chance you get to play this, to play this game at the highest level you can, um, you want to take advantage of it. Um, and that's what I, you know, I, I, uh, I try to project to the goaltenders I coach now and, um, you know, there's always someone there ready to take your spot and, um, you know, you, you never know what direction the team wants to go in the following year. So you got to make sure you, you, you leave it all on the table with no regrets um, for sure. So, yeah, I um, uh, during my research for this, I found a great quote from you from uh, 2010 where you said, I think every player should play on a losing team to know how it feels. Uh, so obviously that is something you still stand by and teach to your students today. Well, yeah, absolutely. Again, back to the adversity, right? Like it's, you know, no one likes losing, no one enjoys losing, but, um, I think it builds your, your, your mental toughness, uh, when it comes to the game and, and, uh, you know, when you do, when, when you play on a losing team and you do pull out a win when you probably should have lost, 
it's it's a pretty it's a pretty big feeling and and it just shows what you're really capable of um, as a goaltender. So um, you know when you do put when you when you are put in a situation where you are on a winning team and 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 you're going to go far in playoffs, um, you know you're ready for it. You're not going to take advantage of it. Um, you're you're, you're going to go full force. And like I said, you want to have no regrets. So so definitely, yeah. Awesome. And then I saw later on in your career, obviously you uh, went to. Brock University, and you were playing U Sports hockey. Um, I I'm aware of U Sports as far as uh, like college football and basketball goes. Uh, seeing that on like Sportsnet, but hockey I don't see so much. So is it is U Sports hockey a big deal compared to say yeah the OHL or you know NCAA or like what's the kind of level there? Yeah. So basically, what it, with it is um, in in uh, in North America. Um, if you, uh, if you play major junior, which is OHL or Quebec major junior, Western hockey league, um, you're, you're ineligible to play NCAA. So, um, after junior, um, you got to make a decision. You either go play pro hockey or you go to university and play Canadian university. Um, and, uh, I was lucky enough where I had an opportunity to play for Brock and, um, you know, had a great four years, um, with a great group of guys and, um, you know, it was a great, it was a great experience, um, great community there. And, uh, I'm very thankful that I could still, um, you know, pursue my, my dream in playing hockey. And, and, um, and so that's, that's the, that, that's the kind of road that, uh, that you guys take, that guys take one, you know, that are in major junior. Um, so it's a lot of ex major junior guys, um, that, uh, come in and, and play in those, in those leagues. And then you, uh, also you got to play with your brother at Brock university, I believe. Yeah, so my very last year, um, Pat um, joined, and that was a pretty cool thing. Uh, I've never, I've never had the opportunity to play with my brother, and um, you know that was pretty special. So um, I know both of us were were pretty excited about it when it when when he made the decision to come to Brock, and and uh, yeah, it was it was a great year. Hmm. And now you spent obviously, uh, as most of our listeners will know, you spent a couple of seasons in the NZHL. Um, how did you, how did the whole signing with the stampede in 2015 come about? Um, so it actually initially started, um, I had a, a, my, a good friend of mine, um, Brent Vandenberg, um, you probably recognize the name. He played for uh, Canterbury, um, and they had just won the championship and <clears throat> I don't know how it happened, but I think he got in touch with, uh, Blanchett or he was, he, he was talking with Adam and, uh, and he was talking to him saying, you know, that, you know, his friend, myself, wanted to, you know, pursue uh, possibly coming over and playing. And, and and Adam got in touch with me. And it was just uh, just kind of from there. Had never, had never, never knew Adam, never knew anyone on the team. And, and uh, and you know, just uh, it worked out. And, you know, the next thing I know, I was on a, I was on a plane down under, I guess, right? So, yeah. <laughs> That's that's cool. Uh, I do have to wonder, like, because obviously the Stampede, they're known for bringing in some pretty exciting uh, import talent over the past few seasons. Uh, I'll put yourself in that category as well. What do you think it is that makes the team an attractive option for foreign players coming to New Zealand? Um, well, first off, like the, the the town is obviously unbelievable. Obviously, no, um, the the town is completely behind the team. Um, and, um, there's a lot of good people surrounding the team, um, that probably don't get the credit that they should, um, for keeping that team, I guess, elite. Um, 
and the, and the other thing is too, is, um, it's, it's a family there. Um, you know, I still really, I still keep in touch with everyone there on a regular basis. Um, um, it's the, the family, you know, the family, I guess, atmosphere there was, uh, incredible. It's something I've never experienced before. And it being kind of the end of my playing career, um, to be there, um, was amazing. And, uh, I learned so much, uh, from the people there. And I feel so fortunate that I got, that I got to play there and, uh, be a part of, uh, I guess that, that, um, organization. Um, so, so no, it was awesome. That's for sure. That's definitely, um, I mean, cause especially when I was traveling, um, all around the country, filming all the games, uh, one thing that really stuck out for me, uh, stood out for me was that culture and that kind of love that is there in Queenstown with that team. It really blew me away. And it, um, and ever since Queenstown has become, uh, it's one of my favorite places to go to. I try to go at least once a year. So what would you say? Uh, like your top three things to do in Queenstown if you were there for a weekend to watch the Stampede play? Um, well, you definitely got to make a trip to Little Blackwood. Um, that's uh, Bert Haynes' place there. Um, you know, that was one of my favorite places there. Um, we'd have some good times there um, for sure. So you got to go there. You got to try the. You got to try the stuff there. It's good. Um, also, uh, you got to go bungee jumping. You got to yeah, do that. And, uh, you got to get to a stampede game. Yeah. You got to get to a stampede game to, uh, to really, to really experience, uh, the atmosphere there. Uh, I'll also shout out there. Birdie has another restaurant, uh, called Britannia now. Um, did a video on it while I was down there last year for the ice blacks and wow, the food is freaking unreal. Uh, best, best steak I've ever had in my life. So definitely hit up either of, uh, Bert's restaurants and you're down to have a good time. Um, you know, of course, you were part of Stampede's incredible run of back-to-back-to-back Virtual Cup victories. Uh, you started in both games of the 2016 finals against Canterbury. Uh, I'd love to revisit that series a little in depth with you uh, at right now. So in game one, Stampede won 6-2, and you turned away 37 shots. What was your biggest takeaway from that game, and did you feel like you were dialed in at that point? Um. You know, I, I think I think in, in those in those games you can't overthink it. Um, you know, you, I just went in and, and honestly just played my game. Um, <clears throat> again, like we had a lot of good players on that on that team that year. Um, so you know, going in and you know wanting to win for them, I think was huge for me. I think that was my motivation alone. Um, um, and you know, uh, the year prior, um, you know, it was a tough year for, for me. Um, and um, you know, the support that I had from um, the ent- not just you know not just my teammates but the entire organization and all of their families um, was um, was incredible and um, the support and, and and everything so I think uh, you know going into game one I think that was on my mind a little bit wanting to go in and make sure I perform for them um, and then coming coming out of there you know not just not getting too high um, you know get staying humble and and making sure that we get the job done at home um, remind me again what happened the season before for you Oh geez, we're going we're going back down memory road here, eh? Okay, all right, yeah. So, um, yeah, so I ended up uh, in a bit of an accident there. Um, ended up uh, on a in a four wheeler accident, um, and it ended up flipping. Um, and uh, I was lucky enough that I only came out with a broken ankle um, with that. And uh, we laugh about it now, um, but it wasn't funny at the time. So, yeah. 
Um, I got to give a big shout out to my main man, Cammy True. Um, so, uh, yeah, he, uh, uh, he felt pretty bad about it as well. So, um, but you know what, it, it was, it was probably one of the toughest things I've had to go through. And, uh, but like I said, I had, I had a mass amount of support from, um, the entire town, um, that were connected to the team. So everyone was super supportive. So, um, it's, uh, it all worked out. So, yeah, that would, yeah, I can see why they would definitely serve as great motivation to want to win um, a title again for them. So following from game one, there were several days before the clinching game in Queenstown. So what was, that was your mindset ahead of puck drop was just it's all about winning for the town? Yeah, yeah, I think too. And, and, and uh, you know, I kind of had it in the back of my mind that, you know, this might be my last year. And, um, you know, I wanted to make sure that uh, – you know, I had no regrets and, and, and wanted to go out a champion, I guess, if you want to say so. Mm. Um, and everything that happened the year prior, it was, it was definitely, definitely motivation, um, for me for sure. Um, to, uh, to make sure I, uh, that, you know, the team didn't make a mistake and, and, you know, they kept me on and, and they supported me and I wanted to make sure I returned that. So definitely for sure. And then comes the moment, the big moment where the clock strikes zero and the stampede get to lift the Virgil Cup uh, for the second second year running. Where would you say that moment rates in your hockey career? Yeah, it was pretty cool. Um, it was pretty emotional. Um, I actually didn't really have time to really think about it at the time because with about 10, 15 seconds la- left, Hayden Argyle pretty much tackled me in celebrations when, you know, we. it was a premature celebration for sure. So, um, you know, I, I honestly... <laughs> Didn't really have time to think at the time because, you know, big Hayden Argyle was on top of me. So, um, meanwhile, the pocket is, the play was still going on. So, um, that's something that, uh, Hayden and I still talk about. And, um, it, it was a, it was a cool moment and it's something I'll never forget. That's so good. Hayden's a beauty. I love that dude. Um, at Queenstown, that is probably the best town in New Zealand to win a championship in. Uh, so how did you celebrate that night? Uh, well, I think after the game, I think I think uh, we well, we must have we must have headed to uh, Surrey Lane with the cup, and um, you know I don't I don't I think I was I think I was pretty selfish with the cup. I think I was holding on to it the entire night and running off and you know not really sharing it. I guess so. <laughs> um, it was uh, it was awesome. I was sending sending pictures to all my buddies back home, and um, obviously Vandenberg, who had won it the year before. Uh, letting him know that I had my name on the cup also. So um, that was a pretty cool moment for sure. Hey, it was your big moment, man. Did you follow it up by uh, having breakfast uh, the next day? Um, at Bob's Way? At Bob's Way, <laughs> yeah. Absolutely, absolutely, yeah. God, I, I'm pretty sure I brought it then too, so I still had it at that point. So, um, yeah, no, uh, definitely uh, Brecky at uh, Bob's Way in the morning was, was, was a must for sure. Epic. Now, obviously, most hockey players, they grow up dreaming of uh, lifting the Stanley Cup. Um, of course, you know, only the very elite few get to do that. So when you're lifting up the Virgil Cup in celebration, is that what you're imagining? You're picturing, like, you as a kid sort of lifting up the trophy? Um, yeah, I guess, yeah. It, it, some some sort of that. Again, it was mostly, you know, it was mostly just looking back on everything that I had been through and, um, you know, you know, in my head, I guess, was it worth it? And it was worth it. Um, you know, I, I could have, uh, you know, I could have, you know, gone home and, and said, you know what, it is what it is. And, and, you know, um, 
you know, kind of maybe had a regret about it, but, um, you know, I was lucky enough that I didn't, I, I stuck around and, and the team decided to keep me around as well. And, um, you know, so that was definitely going through my head for sure. Now that 2016, uh, NZHL season, both you and, uh, Aston put up great numbers for the stampede. You both had safe percentages over 940 and it seemed like the rest of the league just had, didn't have an answer on how to beat you guys. So after such a big season, um, were you, did you know from the outset that that was probably going to be last season or like, how did you come to the a decision that you wanted to move on? Um, I had an idea. Um, I, I never really, I, I wasn't really thinking about it too much. I was kind of just thinking, you know, one game at a time. Um, but it was, you know, it was getting to the point too, where, you know, I, I've had a lot of hockey, um, and you know, it was, it was almost time to, you know, in my head, I wanted to do different things and I was starting to have different interests and, and, um, so, uh, I, I didn't completely, you know, make that decision, I guess, you know, during the season, but by the, I think by, you know, by the end of the season, I, I had made up my mind that that was going to be it. And I, I wanted to go out on a high note. Um, and, uh, you know, you, you don't want, you don't want the game to leave you. You want to leave the game. Um, so, uh, on a high note for sure. Yeah. Oh, so that's a good way to do it. <laughs> Um, now, in your experience, speaking as a goalie coach, what do you make of the goaltending talent that's currently available in New Zealand from what you've seen? Yeah, I mean, I know I know from what when I was there and what when it is now, um, you know, it's definitely developed for sure. There's a lot, you know, it's it's getting a lot better. Um, I think any time you get to bring in uh, any any talent or competition, um, you know, it's just going to push guys. It's just going to push guys to be better. Um, you know, anytime you, you could bring in a, you know, a good import or a coach or, or whatever, it's, it's going to just, it's, it's going to, it's going to help. It's not going to make anything worse. It's, it's just going to help guys get better. Um, I think, uh, you know, I'll give him a shout out right now, but Rick Perry, I, I love the move, how he decided to go to botany. Um, I think that's a great move for botany and I think that's a great move for Rick. And I think that's a great move for the league. Um, just dispersing the talent, um, within the league. So, um, you know, I think that's just going to help. Totally. Now, uh, I got to ask, since it was a bit of a source of confusion for NZHL commentators last year, it seems, why did you, with your brother Patrick um, playing for the Stampede, why did he elect to go with the name McLean rather than Volpe? Yeah, so that was uh, that was kind of a, yeah, like that was a personal decision. He decided um, it was a, my grandfather uh, at the time was, was very sick uh, and he recently passed away, but um, he... Um, he decided to, uh, you know, wear his last name and wear his birth year, um, which was uh, 36. So, um, you know, that was a pretty special moment. Um, you know, unfortunately, they couldn't get it done, but I know that meant a lot to um, to my grandfather uh, for him to do that. Um, he didn't get to see a lot of him, obviously, because um, he was he was overseas, and and uh, so just knowing that he was thinking about him, I said, oh, I know it was pretty special. So that's cool. Now, the goalie position is always one that intrigues me the most about hockey. People often say they're a breed all to their own. So why do you think it takes a special kind of character to become a goalie? Um, I mean, first off, you gotta be you got to be mentally tough. Um, it's one of the most um, intense, I guess, pressured position, um, you know, you could argue in sports. Um, if, if you don't like pressure, you probably shouldn't be a goalie. Um, <laughs> You know, sometimes we get, you know, sometimes we take the brunt of the blame and sometimes we get too too much credit maybe that we should. Um, so, 
you know, you got to be prepared to, you know, take the hits. And, um, but in the end, you know, it feels pretty good when, when, when you're on top. So, yeah. Nice. Well, I just want to, I want to end this with a couple of fan questions, which but they're not really fan questions because they're submitted by uh, your former teammates. Oh boy. Yeah. <laughs> um, so tell us the story behind the nickname, the mobile man, judging by the likes of uh, Blanchett and Mike McRae. Uh, it seems I get the impression you were quite a popular teammate. Um, yeah, I don't really know how to answer that. Um, I might have to, I might have to pass on that one. Um, <laughs> I might have to pass on that one, but, um, I, uh, I did, uh, you know, I, I, I loved all my teammates and, uh, you know, I, I had a, I had a really good time when I was there and I fully embraced the town and, 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 um, it was, uh, it was a great experience there and, um, I miss it every day. You know, I, you know, when you, when you win and you go, you go out with the guys after it feels that much better. Right. So, um, it was, uh, it was, it was fun going out with those guys for sure. And, and, and I, I miss it every day. So, um, do you see yourself coming back to Queenstown anytime soon just for, you know, for a holiday? Um, yeah, I would love to, I think about it. I think about it all the time. Um, just obviously with my time availability, um, it's, it's very, uh, it's it, I don't have a lot of it. So, um, you know, maybe in the near future, um, I'd like to get out there and, and, uh, you know, any way I can, you know, any way, um, you know, I can come support the team or, or, uh, you know, just get to Queenstown, um, would be amazing. So, um, it'll definitely be, it'll definitely happen. Um, hopefully sooner or later. Um, lastly, one thing you see often, you know, on like broadcasts, uh, they focus during pregame of, you know, the pregame goalie ritual. And uh, McRae also brought up that apparently you're, you're uh, quote-unquote, weird before games. So what, w- what was your pregame ritual during the Stampede years? Um, so so I'll, keep, uh, I'll, I'll give you the short story or the short form of it, but, you know, I would just like to go off on my own and i listen to the, to the same songs before I go, go behind the net and, you know, visualize the saves I was going to make before the game. Um, a lot of guys had never had, I don't think had ever seen this before. Um, so, um, I was really, uh, strict with it and I wasn't the, I wasn't on a game day. I probably wasn't the best guy to be around. Um, you know, I was pretty grouchy and, and, you know, wanted to be left alone. And, um, I think it was, uh, I think it was, uh, maybe Natalie Murphy, at the time, I think she came, tried to come over to me and talk to me or something, uh, like mid pregame, uh, ritual. And, um, man, I kind of, I kind of gave her like the look like, <laughs> Hey, leave me alone. Get out of here. Right. So I, I, t- I had, a, I talked to her after make sure it was okay. But, um, yeah, no one, no one, no one would talk to me on game days because, uh, I wasn't the best guy to be around for sure. So, um, <laughs> I would just like to go do my own thing and not be bothered. And, and, uh, you know, I, I always, they always, always used to give it to me. I always used to say, Hey, you want to win or, or do you want to lose? Leave me alone. So, um, that was, uh, that was kind of my, uh, that was my response to that. So, <laughs> now when you say you're behind the net visualizing the saves, are you physically pretending to make the saves? Yeah. So I just kind of had wear my hoodie and I just put my hood up and listen to my music and close my eyes and, you know, visualize, visualize myself in the net making, uh, you know, saves, um, any, any, or, or, you know, situations in a game that, that might occur. Um, and, uh, I would just, you know, it, almost practicing in my head. Um, and I would do that for about 20 minutes. Um, you know, almost a form of meditation. 
um, that um, over the years, um, you know, I just kind of developed my, the ability to 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 visualize and see these um, saves that I would, you know, hopefully make, and 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 you know, that's that was my go-to for sure. <laughs> awesome. Uh, well, we'll leave it with that. Um, Adrian, thank you so much for uh, joining us. Uh, it's been a long time coming. Uh, I know, obviously, before you've been one of our most requested guests, and I know you've been keen to come on for quite a while. So it's good to finally do this. Yeah, no, thanks for having me. And, uh, you know, I just want to say that, um, you know, you're, you're doing an awesome job and an awesome thing, putting the league on the map, doing this. And, um, you know, I tune in all the time, um, make sure I keep up, up to date with all the NZ um, hockey stuff. So um, hats off to you and, um, you know, keep up the good work. Park yeah, it's New Zealand's home for hockey. Subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, or with your favourite podcast app for the latest episodes. Follow the team on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at PuckYearNZ. And for your fix of hockey news, go to puckyear.nz.